It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey everybody, welcome to the Single Tracks podcast. Today it's me, Jeff, and I'm here with Greg and Andrew from Salida Mountain Trails to talk about mountain bike clubs. Thanks for joining us, Andrew. Yeah, glad to be here. So tell us a little bit about your local mountain bike club. How many how many members do you guys have and what uh, what's sort of the trail situation where you are? Well, we have approximately 150 members. We manage approximately, uh, we're mostly, and, and actually to clarify, we're actually mostly a trail building group, not necessarily mountain biking specific. So um, that uh, actually lets us uh, work better with some of our land managers. But um, certainly most of the people on our board are mountain bikers and we build m- m- many of our trails to mountain biking specifications. Um, so yeah, we have about 150 members, maybe about 20 25 to 30 miles of trail and that is increasing and we end up yeah working with a lot of different entities as we uh try to build these trails yeah that's an interesting model so you said you have about 150 members how many of those are primarily mountain bikers versus you know say hikers or equestrians Honestly, we've never actually done a poll of that. So I don't think we have a lot of equestrians, but we certainly have hikers and dog walkers. Okay. And um, many people do both. You know, they'll bike one day and be out running or walking the next. Yeah. So what does someone have to do for you to consider them a member? Are there dues or is it more of just sort of active people, you know, working with you guys? It's kind of interesting. You can actually come out. You don't have to be a member to be active in SMT. You can, for example, come out and do a trail workday and not be a member. Membership is really about, I mean, in our case, fundraising. We um, sell our memberships and they get a little card that gets some discounts at our local bike shops and our one of our local hiking and outdoor shops. Okay. So that's really what it's about. It's mostly about fundraising. Cool. So who are sort of the key organizations that your club or your group works with in town or in the area to build and maintain trails. Right. And so that, that, that part gets pretty interesting because we end up having to deal with three, at least three major entities, sometimes four. And those entities would be our city. Um, so we have to go through the city on certain things. Sometimes we go work with the county on our trails as well. But most of the time it's city property that we're dealing with. We also have BLM property and forest service properties. So the funny thing is, you know, we're, we're, we're most of the people that we're dealing with mountain bike. <laughs> yeah. So they, they totally get it. They still have to stick through all their rules though and deal with uh, any complaints that come in during a scoping process or what have you. So right. it's, it's kind of an interesting uh, procedure, but it, it's a one trail could involve three entities. Not many of them do. Most of them just involve one or two, but yeah, I'm sure that complicates things in some ways too. If you have to deal with a lot of players in, in one project. It does. And, and, and occasionally, you know, we, we have a private landowner to deal with, you know, um, we just recently had a situation like that where the guy was upset with people parking in an area that really wasn't a trailhead, mm-hmm. you know, um, but the trail en- ended up right near his land. So, 
just so sometimes it's private landowner relations. It's all it's all kinds of things, but those are the things we deal with. Yeah. So Andrew, tell us just in more general sense, like what does a club like SMT do? Like why do you exist and why do you think local clubs are important in general? Oh, I think there are a lot of reasons. I mean, I think one of the one reason is um we all love living where we live. And um, I should mention Greg lives not too far from me here. So um, we, we all love living here. And uh, p- part of our quality of life, I think, comes from having a great trail network. I can get on my bike right now and be on a trail in about 15 minutes riding up a road here. So mm-hmm. um, that's just fantastic. And it really adds to that quality of life. I also think there's a big economic impact. And um, I don't know if people really see that, but uh, you know, some people come into the town, they stay at the hotels, they spend money in our restaurants. So as far as tourism goes, the trails play a pretty big role in uh, helping the economy of the town. So um, those are some of the reasons why I think it's, it's we're doing is important. It's a big part of the Valley's economy in some ways, um, although maybe not as obvious to, to some people. Right. Well, what, how, what got you involved? What uh, made you want to take on sort of a leadership role in running a local mountain bike club? Uh, that's a good question. I think um, I've always tended to be a little bit civic-minded, so I've been involved in something since I moved here. And being in a small town, it's kind of hard not to get involved in, th- in something. <laughs> it's a, it's kind of a different thing, and someone will come up to you, oh, you should be on our board, and I've been asked to be on boards before. And then I, so essentially, when I got I got to talking with someone about SMT, I got pretty darn excited because you know, this is something I use, I love, I enjoy. Yeah, so it and it was it was just a great thing to be involved with and be asked to be involved with that. Greg could probably talk about that a little bit too. I mean, he was recently asked to be involved with SMT. So yeah, I just recently joined the board in I guess October, and you know I you know been out to trail work days and was a member, and but taking the jump to being a part of the board and being you know much more active and involved was sort of a big one, but. Yeah, I guess you guys, Andrew, just emailed, you know, mentioning you're looking for somebody to do PR and social media. And you know, that's a big part of what I do here at Single Tracks. So I was like, well, this could work out pretty well. So I've really enjoyed being more involved, though. And I feel like I learn every time I show up to a board meeting, too. You know, I know a lot about how trails get built and a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, but, you know, getting your hands, you know, figuratively dirty, like making all the things happen is definitely a learning experience too, which really enjoyed. Exactly. And for me, it really started working on trails, you know, it's just kind of fun to get out there with a shovel, work on a trail, you get to know people, you know, it becomes a social experience. I think that's a big part of it too. And I think that's important for any club actually that's thinking about getting started or, you know, or, or, or uh, is, you know, just trying to get going or whatever is that uh, you got to have an element of fun or social activity within the club. Mm-hmm. I think clubs that don't are really missing out. They tend to, it tend to kind of, and I've seen it happen where they tend to kind of fall apart where, and, and it becomes kind of, you know, you're begging people to do a certain thing for the club. Right. You know? And that's no fun. I mean, if you can somehow make it fun, that keeps the club going. And, you know, that's why sometimes we have beer at our board meetings, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's just uh, keeping it fun and real. And after every time we do a trail work day, we have a little uh, get together afterwards, you know, someone provides sandwiches, we have a beer or two and we go in our way. Yeah. But it's, it's fun's a key part of it. Right. Yeah. Well, you mentioned uh, trail building as, as part of what got you into it. How much of what the club does on, you know, sort of a weekly or a, 
annual basis is actually building new trails versus maybe some of the less glamorous stuff like maintaining or, you know, just, you know, doing sort of advocacy work in the community? Right. That's a hard question. I think we, we're building, we're still building our trail system. So our trail system is fairly young. I guess it started in, what was it, 2002 or so. I'd have to double check that. But, and so it's a fairly young trail system. And and so we're still trying to add to it. We still want to kind of, there's some connectors that we feel like we really need, for example. And so that's something we are doing. Unfortunately, like to give you an example, one of our challenges is the BLM um, is in the middle of a 30-year planning process right now. And that's taking up a lot of their time. And so we're trying to get their attention, but they're really trying to finish their 30-year planning. (laughs) And so um, we're a bit delayed on some of the new trails we want to get approved. And we feel they will be approved. We're addressing the issues that, you know, the various users have brought up on those trails. But in general, yeah, I'd say we build, I mean, uh, we want to be building more new trail, but there's always maintenance. And we have to be able to maintain what we have. That's also a concern that's raised by some of the land managers. So it's very critical that we continue to maintain our trails. So it's not as glamorous. We may have a slight, we actually have pretty good showings, even if we do a maintenance uh, shindig, we call them, um, when we go out and work on the trails. We actually have quite a good showing, maybe not quite as much as compared to like a a new rad mountain biking trail, but we definitely get people out there. So people, people understand, I think, in our community that it's important to maintain what we have in addition to building new stuff as well. Right. Is it tough to get people to volunteer to work on the trails, especially given that a lot of the people that are riding your trails are people that don't live in the community. You're kind of in a tourist spot there. And is there any, I don't want to say animosity, but is there any sort of pushback from people who live in town that say, hey, you know, we're putting in all the work here and everybody else seems to be enjoying it more than we are? Uh, I don't feel that at all, actually. I, I I don't think so. Not yet. (laughs) <laughs> I think there could come a time when that that could start happening. I think we're going to see. I mean, our town is um, is growing right now, you know. And uh, Salida, the town that we live in, has had a series of boom and busts. I mean, um, in the '80s, you could have bought a house downtown for twenty thousand dollars. I mean, it's like wow. it's like less than a car. <laughs> so, but now it's booming, and we have a lot more people coming. And I think we're going to have more conflict. I think we're going to have uh, more visitors. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be interesting to see how we deal with that. I think that's what that is one of our challenges is dealing with the growth, you know, in the use of our trail system. So it's going to be a big deal, and it's something that we have to be ready to face. It could mean that we have um, have to build some hiking only trails. We don't we don't know yet, you know. Hmm. It's um, but it's it's a challenge. I mean, our goal is multi use trails. That's our that's in our mission statement. So we want to build a trail that many different users can use. But if it ends up being an issue and we get to start getting a lot of complaints, we may have to adjust tactics. We'll have to see. Right. What are some other challenges that you guys face? Is it um, one of the things that I've seen from, you know, some of the local clubs around me and some of the clubs I've been involved in um, seems like a constant battle to get volunteers come out for work days and things like that. You mentioned the social aspect helping that. But, yeah, is that something that you feel like is kind of an uphill battle all the time? Not really. So in general, we we live in a small town. So it's one of those things that, you know, word travels on Facebook or even just um, walking around town or seeing someone at the pub or the restaurant the night before. And they say, hey, are you going on the trail work day? So and um, people go out and it's, it, it ends up being that social thing. And when it, that, that's what I mean is like if you, if you can keep it fun and keep it social, 
it certainly seems to do well here, but small towns are different. So it may be different in a larger city. Right. Yeah. So we don't have too much challenge in getting people out. Challenges getting people out on their shindigs. Um, <laughs> our challenges are mostly around our, our you know, dealing with land uh, land managers and getting our new trails approved. At least right now, that's our biggest challenge. Right. Yeah. I'll say from my perspective, like the few shindigs I've been able to dig on, like it's it's impressive the number of people that show up. You know, and I've worked with clubs back in Georgia and in other places, and I mean. I don't know. I've never seen like the level of involvement that SMT gets. You know, I'm sure there are other clubs that have similar level, but they're pretty successful at, you know, getting people motivated to dig trail, you know, which I think is really cool. You know, we talked a little bit about the demographics of Slida being a tourist destination and how that works with the locals. But I think maybe one of the reasons we're so successful at getting so many locals out is because I still think our trail system is primarily used by local riders. Sure, there's a big tourist aspect, but I mean, Salida is a really unique community. It's, you know, in Georgia, like the five mountain bikers that lived in the town I lived in, Dahlonega, you know, we're all best friends because we're the five people that rode mountain bikes. <laughs> but here in Salida, like, it's pretty rare to meet a person that doesn't ride bicycles or do some sort of, if you expand it to every type of outdoor activity, especially since SMT is a multi-use club, like, I mean, I don't know if I know anybody that doesn't get outside and do something at least, you know, a few times a year. So we just have a very active and involved, you know, populace, I think. Yeah, that's very true. And that's that's one of the unique things about Colorado in general. And I remember seeing a, something on the news even about the, the fitness culture in Colorado. So everyone's getting out and doing something. And there's actually even a you know, oh, what do you do this weekend? You know, and you come, you know, hey, I rode this. Oh, I was over on this, you know. And it, it, there's just kind of this, I don't know how to explain it, social vibe around, uh, you know, physical fitness and, and getting outside and, and doing fun things outdoors, which I think also adds to that. Yeah, that's that's really cool. And it sounds like a lot of clubs are, are probably going to be envious when they hear this too. And so, yeah, hopefully they can glean some insights from what you guys are doing so well. So, we talked about volunteers, and that's certainly a big part of mountain bike advocacy and clubs, trail building. But what about the other side, the fundraising side? How do you guys raise funds, and is that sort of a constraint on what you're able to do? Is, is funding an issue for you? And if so, you know, what are the avenues you, you are pursuing to increase your funding? Right, right now funding is not an issue for us, but that could change very quickly. <laughs> uh, I mean, right now we're kind of waiting to build all this new trail, right? Mm -hmm. And so until we're, you know, we're, we have a lot of funds built up and, and ready to take advantage of grants and what have you. So as far as fundraising goes, uh, there are a couple of things that we have going on. First thing I meant, like I mentioned before, is a membership program. We just had our membership drive. It did pretty darn well. I mean, to give you an idea of the support, we probably raised just over $11,000 our fundraising drive. Oh, wow. And um, I think probably 95% of those people are from our, our valley here, you know, and just want to support the trails and, and came out to do so. Are these individuals too? Or are we also, are there businesses that support you at maybe sort of a higher level? Right. Both, both actually. And our members, so the way our membership works is that you buy a, you know, a membership, you get a little card, the card gets you discounts at our three local bike shops and our outdoors uh, hiking, skiing shop. 
And in, what, what's interesting about it is they don't only get a discount from there. The shop then also commits to give some amount of that. So, so essentially, I'll get a 5% discount at one of our bike shops mm-hmm. when I go buy something. So our, uh, the way our membership program works is that uh, you can get a, you, you'll get a 5% discount, for example, at one of our bike shops. But the bike shop will also take aside 5% of that sale and set it aside for our trail building group. Oh, okay. So the membership, you know, is, is kind of so. In, in essence, the bike shop is taking ten percent off the purchase, right? Because they're setting that five percent aside, and, the, and they're giving a five percent discount to that customer, and that works really well. Um, but another program that we have uh, that also helps us tremendously is a program with one of our restaurants. We have a lo- uh, two local restaurants here: the River's Edge and the Boathouse Cantina. And the owner of those restaurants, Ray, he's been very supportive of trails and very supportive of our organization. And he, when you go in to buy food, drinks, whatever in that restaurant, you actually get, they add 1% to that bill. So you may have seen this at some of the other restaurants around where you live. You know, for example, you can see something on a little table tent on the table that's says we give 1% to such and such. That has given us a tremendous amount of funding. Um, I don't have the number in front of me, but it's been over the past two or three years, I think it's been like 30 or $40,000. So Whoa. it's pretty significant. Do you guys do anything with grants or things like that? Is that a part of your fundraising strategy? It is. And it, so the, all these funds that I'm mentioning uh, are important um, because when we go to apply for a grant, it's important to have some amount of matching funds. And so, you know, having that amount in the bank really helps us with those grants. In addition, we also get some funding, I should mention, from governments as well. We get some from the city and some from the county. And uh, that also proves that they're in support of what we're doing here and also helps us with that grant writing process. That's something they look for. You know, when they're going to go approve a grant, they're going to they're going to make sure that your community is behind you. Right. They don't want they don't want to be granting something that's controversial. You know? <laughs> right. That makes sense. Yeah. So overall, and it's interesting. So one of the things is, you know, um, or at least one of the things I think I hear occasionally, or, or I believe actually, before I even got involved with S&P, is, ah, you know, trails just happen. So you may hear about all this fundraising. It's like, well, what the heck? You know, why do you need all that money? But the thing is, um, we can get our volunteers out there. We can go build trail, but it'll take us a lot longer, A, using our volunteers. And B, let's say trails, you know, 10 miles long. Well, what are you going to do? You're going to hike your volunteers five miles out from one end of the trail or something, and you're going to lose a lot of their energy, enthusiasm. And before you know it, you know, they're going to be too tired to build trail, (laughs) you know, with a 10 mile hike. So what we can do, it's much more efficient for us to say, well, we're going to take a trail crew, a professional trail crew. We're going to hire them to build this remote stretch of trail and they'll go camp on the trail. Oh, yeah. So, wow. Yeah. And that's why the fundraising part is really important. So, Andrew, you mentioned that you know we're having a little bit of difficulty getting the BLM to approve things, but you know if we do get some approvals going on, what are projects that could be coming down the pipe soon for our club? Well, we've got a number of connector trails we're trying to build. We're essentially trying to substantially complete our trail system. I think that kind of scares some people. It says, "Oh no, no more new trail." Well, I don't. I don't think it means <laughs> that, but it it does mean that you know we we have a large part of our trail system where we want it. You know, there'll still be reroutes. There'll still be some additions here and there to make some loops or whatever. But yeah, so we're, uh, right now this year, um, we are 
trying to get some projects done that were approved in a past BLM process, for example. So it went through went through BLM a couple of years ago, and for whatever reason, the project got dropped or got delayed. And now we're trying to actually get the trail built. So we're setting some flag lines on two different trails that we're trying to have built. And uh, now we're just we're kind of waiting for the BLM to bring what we call their ologists out. And that means, you know, biologists, archaeologists or whatever they're digging in the dirt, seeing if we're going to be disturbing something really important to that area, like an endangered plant or a uh, or something like that. So um, that's what we're working on right now this year. Um, we're, of course, trying to push our BLM proposal with BLM, trying to help them wherever we can to make sure that we uh, – uh, not to rush them, but to, to ensure that they haven't, you know, sometimes the squeaky wheel gets the oil, right? So that we're just trying to make sure they haven't forgotten about us and, and keep uh, keep us on their radar. But um, and it'll happen. It will happen. They're, they're very supportive. It's just a matter of, you know, they, they have to jump through the hoops and they're just having problems with uh, resources and time. So um, that's mostly what we're working on this year as far as like trail building itself goes. Well, cool. It sounds like you guys have a lot going on in Salida. So thank you for joining us for this podcast. It's been really informative. Hopefully people have heard some things that they can take away and apply to their local clubs. So what's the best way if people want to get involved with Salida Mountain Trails or if people are coming from out of town, what's the best way that they can kind of support what you guys are doing? Oh, absolutely. You know, one thing you can definitely do is uh, get on our website, salidamountaintrails.org. And Salida, it's kind of a funny name. It should be Salida if you're pronouncing it in the proper Spanish. But <laughs> we have a uh, tradition of mispronouncing things out here in Colorado. <laughs> so uh, mispronouncing Spanish pronunciations. So, yeah, SalidaMountainTrails.org is uh, is our website. You could uh, join as a member. You can go simply eat out at River's Edge or Boathouse Cantina. Uh, and that will help us as well. Or if you find yourself self in town on a Saturday morning, um, you know, join our mailing list on our website. You'll find out about our events and you can come out on one of our shindigs and help us dig in the dirt. It's happened before. It's, it's funny. You know, we see some guy who's about ready to get on his bike and he says, Hey, I'll help you with the, you know, <laughs> the trail. So you never know. You never know. And that's a, that's a great way to get involved. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Well, cool. Thanks again for joining us. And if you want more information about, joining a local mountain bike club, be sure to check out single tracks where we have resources for finding clubs and information about how you can get involved. So thanks for joining us. Talk to you again next time. Peace.